Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in with me today, no matter where in the week you are. Today is actually Halloween for me, and it's one of my favorite holidays. But as a result, you might hear my neighbor's spooky music next door, so I'm going to do the best that I can to edit that out. (laughs) So bear with me. But I wanted to mention that this is my favorite holiday because I wanted to get on the microphone today and give you guys this entirely different episode than what I was initially planning. I was all geared up to post another episode this week, and I really wanted to talk about overwhelm and how that can hurt your manifestation abilities. But then I had a moment where I was talking with a friend recently, and this is a subject that keeps coming up for me. And so I felt the need to push this to the front of the line in terms of an episode that's being pushed out to you guys. And the reason I want to talk about this is because the holidays are right around the corner And I know that I've had to do a lot of work myself, and a lot of my friends are in a very similar position where we are starting to identify boundaries with our parents and how that relates to the holidays. And because we are so close to the holidays, and and when I say holidays, I'm not just referring to Christmas, I'm referring to whatever it is that you celebrate, Hanukkah, Yule, etc. And I just want to make sure that we're having a conversation about what it looks like with setting expectations with family before the holidays get here. And the first comment I want to make about this, and I have said it in several other podcasts, I I know for a fact I've said this at least five times, and it's worth repeating. It probably took me hearing it 20 times for it to really sink in for me. So I hope this is that time for you. But you do not owe anyone anything. You do not owe your spouse anything. You do not owe your parents anything. You do not owe your best friend, your teacher, your mentor, whatever. You do not owe anyone anything. If someone has given you something or if someone has provided you an opportunity in life, that is usually coming from love. And if it's not coming from a place of love, is that really someone you want to try to do a favor for? Or is that really someone that you want to try to quote unquote pay something back to? So when someone has done something for you, you know, your parent raises you, they give you a good life, that is done in love. And when something is done in love, it's given without expectation. And it's given without a request for repayment, if you will. And so I know that a lot of people, myself especially, have struggled with this 
because we feel as though we owe someone our time, our energy, our help, whatever it is, because we feel guilty for the things that we were given, or we feel as though we need to make them happy because they made us happy and they gave us the life that we have. But I want to remind you that if something is given to you in love by someone that loves you, there aren't expectations in return. And I'm not saying that they don't think that there are expectations that you have to return that. (laughs) I mean, I have plenty of friends whose parents are like, oh, well, I paid for your college. And so you must do this, this and this for me. Or I gave you an incredible life while you were growing up. So you should come down here for every Christmas and every Thanksgiving or every Hanukkah or whatever it is. Just because they expect something in return does not mean that you owe it to them. And by the way, when I say you don't owe them anything, I'm not saying that you can't give them stuff. I'm not saying that you can't engage in a return or some sort of payback or whatever it is, just as long as it makes you happy and it's something that you want to do and it's time that you want to spend with them or whatever. And the reason this comes up is because I am one of those people where I'm still struggling with identifying a healthy relationship with my parents. And I've, I've mentioned this in past podcasts, but last Thanksgiving for me was a very stressful one. There was a huge blow up between my mother and I. My mom is on her own healing journey. Ever since she and my dad got divorced, there has been a lot that she has had to deal with and a lot that she has had to try and work on since then. And like me, she's not 100% there, right? We all have these demons we have to work through, and it's our own responsibility to take charge of them and try to work through that. Unfortunately, emotions were high, and I ended up reacting in a way that I did not want to react. And it escalated. And instead of it just being a situation where we could have a candid conversation about expectations, it became this really blown up feud that really just furthered the divide between us. And I don't want that because I want to get to a place where I have these positive relationships in my family because not only do I love them, but from a manifestation perspective, as you all know, I I talk about this time and time again, your whole life is a manifestation. And I have this part of my life that I'm not thrilled with. And that's the part of my life that is my my family, specifically my relationship with my parents. And a big part of why there's such a rift between us right now is because I grew up in a family that did not have and did not respect boundaries. And as an adult that is learning how to put boundaries in place with everyone else, it has really thrown my family into a whirlwind to have someone that is now sticking up for themselves and setting boundaries. And now I've been put into the position of the person that's the bad guy. And I'm okay with that. And we're going to talk about why and we're going to talk about how to do this. But I wanted to just address this with you because holidays are coming up. And for a lot of us, that can be a very stressful time planning things, especially. My partner and I usually like to split the holidays between our family. We have Thanksgiving, and then our families happen to celebrate Christmas, so we'll go there to visit them for those holidays as well. And so usually we'll do Thanksgiving with one, Christmas with the other family, and then we'll swap the next year. And this has created a lot of stress for us because his mom's birthday is close to Christmas, and his grandparents always come up to visit for Christmas, but never Thanksgiving. And so usually what ends up happening is that we end up going to see his family twice at the holiday time because he doesn't want to miss that time with his grandparents and and for his mom's birthday. And then it creates all kinds of issues with my family. And 
their reaction from their perspective is, well, they get way more time than we do with you guys. And because they get more time, they've created this narrative that we love that other side of the family more. And we intentionally do this to hurt my family. And this is all a result of the divorce. And we wouldn't be spending so much more time with his family if the divorce hadn't happened. And so you can imagine how this narrative has just really perpetuated into all these false beliefs that my side of the family has had. And it's really created just a canyon of negativity and hurt between us all. And from that experience, I've come to learn that setting expectations and setting boundaries is the best way to manage drama before it happens. Because disappointment typically happens when expectations aren't managed on the front end. So one way that I've decided to mitigate this is that we all communicate our plans well in advance and ask for ideas or plans or whatever they want to do for our visit to be shared with us before we make the trip. That way we can make appropriate accommodations in advance and won't be guilted into staying longer because of some unforeseen event. And so my boundary is, is that if something is not planned before we come, then we're not obligated to attend. I don't care what plans are had or what you want us to do, but you need to communicate that with us in advance. Otherwise, we're not required to go. And even if you communicate it to us in advance, we're still not required to go. (laughs) You know, we have the right to determine what we want to attend and what we don't. It's our holiday as well, and we also want to enjoy ourselves and so this was actually a painful conversation with my mom a couple of years ago around church. My entire life, we've gone to church on Christmas Eve, and Evan and I are more or less agnostic. We're, we're There's not a particular religion that we follow. And so as a result, we didn't want to go to church on Christmas Eve. We just wanted to hang out at the house and have a good time with family or just having a moment to ourselves. And so my mom is extremely involved in her church. And it hurt her whenever we were just like, hey, we're not going to church because we don't share your religious views. And as a result, we're just not going to go. That is not something that is going to bring us joy or fulfill us in any way. And we're spending so much time with family in general that we don't feel that that is something that we need to attend in order to hang out and be with family. And if you've ever had a conversation with your parents about religion, you know how messy that could get how quickly. But communicating that on the front end has been a lot easier. And even if they pull out the card like, oh, it would just make me so happy. Just remember, it is not your responsibility to make anyone else happy. Not your mom, your dad, your brother, your spouse, whoever. That is their requirement. We are not required to give anyone else something to help them meet their happiness requirement. That should be coming from within themselves. And so this is something I'm actively working through now, and I'm actively getting coaching on handling. And I feel one of the best ways to learn is to help other people through the same issue. And it's also something that my friends and I have tried to hold each other accountable to as well. Because at the end of the day, you are 1,000% responsible for your own happiness. Go back to my podcast about dating yourself. Listen to that again, because dating yourself is all about making yourself happy and fulfilling yourself. And that is your responsibility in life. And in that same token, you cannot control the reactions of other people. You just can't. I cannot control the reaction my mother has. I cannot control the reaction my dad has, my my brothers, my grandparents, whatever. 
they're all going to have whatever reaction that they're going to have based on whatever information or data that they're given in in a situation. That being said, the more you can communicate on the front end and the more you can be clear in identifying your boundaries and your values, the less room there's going to be for misunderstandings, for disappointment, you name it. So boundaries are so important because even if someone doesn't like your boundaries or they don't like that you're putting them into place, if they are very clear on what they are, then their reaction is solely going to be based on the fact that they don't like your boundaries and they don't like that this is a scenario you're now putting, that you're now living by. But in my mind, that's an easier reaction to handle versus my parents thinking I don't love them because I don't spend as much time with them or that I don't respect anything they ever did for me because I'm not choosing to stay with them for a whole week, right? And so boundaries are so important because I think that a huge part of why people get upset and why tensions are so high within families is because there's a lack of transparency and there's a lack of things just being discussed openly, which, I mean, that's pretty much transparency, but but you get the idea. It's a lack of communication in general. And communication is hard, but so is dealing with toxic emotions. So pick your freaking battle. For me, I would rather deal with negative reactions to my boundaries versus negative reactions to their misunderstanding. Because in my experience, a negative reaction from a misunderstanding is so much more explosive than a negative reaction from setting a boundary. So with that, let's just jump into how to set boundaries with parents. And while I'm not a therapist, I do coach people through this, and I have continued to work on this myself and with others. And as I continue to work on this, I want to be able to share these tips with you as well. That way we are learning and growing together, and hopefully there are some nuggets here that you can lean on when addressing how to move forward with boundary setting before the holidays. And so you might be wondering to yourself, well, do does my family have boundaries? Do we not have boundaries? Some examples of parents that don't have boundaries with their kids are comments like, oh, does you let your daughter outside without a jacket on? Or you let her wear that to school? Or, oh, there's dust on your baseboards? Or, oh, looks like you put on a few pounds? Or, oh, I'm surprised your spouse hasn't gotten a job yet. It's those condescending comments that, for all intents and purposes, a lot of times our, our parents mean well. They don't say these things to intentionally hurt us or to intentionally cause a reaction. Sometimes they do. Those are usually pretty negative, toxic people that, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. But for the most part, they're cu- they're trying to come from a place of love and they just don't know how to leave the bubble of you transforming from an, a child into an adult. They haven't quite made that jump themselves yet, even though you feel comfortable as an adult now, they don't really know how to have a relationship with you without being the adult figurehead that's giving you advice and telling you how to go about life. And so from their perspective, they might be thinking, oh, my grandchild doesn't have a jacket on, and so I'm worried about them. Oh, you let her outside without a jacket? And then to you, it comes across very condescending, and it's just something that really makes your blood boil. That is a clear example of someone that doesn't have boundaries with their parents because they allow those kinds of comments to be made. And then the other example is actually one that hits close to home is about the spouse, My dad actually does this a lot, where he'll say something about Evan, my spouse. So for those of you that don't know, my husband is an opera singer, and he is working to build his career as an opera singer. And it takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of 
vocal lessons and learning of other languages and all these other things that you're not quote unquote clocking in for. It's not a nine to five job where you're getting a consistent salary. This is one of those things where you'll have a gig here and then it'll be some time where you're learning something else and then you'll have another gig. And so my dad has a really hard time conceptualizing this because my dad got a job as soon as he could, a desk job as soon as he could, and he worked from eight to five or nine to five or whatever, and he had a salary and he stayed with his company for longer than 30 years. So it's easy for my dad to look at Evan's position and say, oh, well, in the meantime, why doesn't he just get a job here? Why doesn't he just go work at a hardware store? Why doesn't he just go work at a grocery store or whatever? My dad has a very hard time understanding that Evan's line of work is different. And not only does he not need to get a job somewhere else, he doesn't want to because that's going to take away from what he's trying to cultivate with his art. And so that's an example of a boundary that I had to set with my dad is that you don't get to talk about my spouse's employment. You can ask questions about how things are going, but you're not allowed to make comments about what he should be doing. That is off limits for me. And so let's just jump into some of these tips that I have on setting boundaries with parents. The first one is just like I talked about, set expectations and be concise. And this is something that, I mean, I'm born and raised in the South, in Texas, and beating around the bush is practically in our DNA. We're not taught how to be concise and how to get to the point. And I had to learn this lesson when I started dealing with a lot of clients from the Northeast because typically that personality is a lot more to the point and a lot more direct. And here I was doing circles around the point and finally getting there five minutes later. You cannot do this with boundary setting. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care how timid you think you are or how meek you think you are. You have to be concise and you have to set your expectations with a degree of assertiveness. And so as I told you earlier, one of my boundaries with my dad is you cannot suggest what my husband should be doing in the form of a job. And another boundary that I have with my dad is he's one of those people that just loves to give you advice all the time. And a lot of times he's coming from a good place, but it's also extremely aggravating for us because the way he delivers the message and the way he goes about it is essentially telling us all the things that we're doing wrong or all the things that we don't know about that he knows about. And so one of my other boundaries with my dad is that do not give advice that is not requested. And so see how short and simple that is? Do not give advice unless it is requested. So when thinking through your boundaries, Think about some of the things that really stress you out when visiting your in-laws or your parents or your siblings or whatever. What are the comments that they're making? What are the things that they're saying to you that bring about a lot of stress? Identify what those are and then work on creating an expectation and a boundary that you can set and let them know and be concise. You're not trying to change the other person. You're just trying to give your relationship some parameters. And it's going to be uncomfortable at first, y'all. Like, you're going to have people in your family that get really aggressive and angry about your boundary setting because that's typically the reaction from a family that does not have boundaries in place is the person that spearheads trying to set them. I've heard it all. I've been called the bitch. I've been called controlling. I've been called all the, the, the names that you can think of when I initially started setting boundaries. And I just had to find my place of contentment and understand at my core that that's okay. I'm okay with whatever narrative they create about me because I know that that's just their reaction coming from a place of fear. 
fearing change, fearing a, a change in our relationship and how things have always been. And at the same time, you have to acknowledge that they probably have a little bit of shame too. Knowing that the things that have been said or the way that you guys have operated in the past may not have been the most positive situation. And so you have to be gentle with them and you have to acknowledge that that there's going to be so many things going through their head. Whatever they say to you is a reaction based on what they have going on internally. It probably involves some guilt. It probably, of course, has some anger toward you. But I think the majority of it is probably fear of change and guilt and shame about how things have been in the past. And maybe they realize that they shouldn't have said certain things or they shouldn't have done certain things. And so it's bringing a lot of that up for them that they're having to now confront as you set these boundaries and say, hey, you've done this in the past and it's no longer okay. So I really hope you're kind to yourself throughout this process because it is difficult, especially at first. But once you start sticking to your boundaries, when I say stick to them, you can't set them one time and just walk away. This has to be an ongoing process because the second you let someone break that boundary that you've set, all the other boundaries are up for grabs and they might start to try to test you on all of them. And maybe not even intentionally. A lot of times this just happens where they're like, oh, maybe that was a phase they were going through, right? They're, they're trying to convince themselves that there's just something you were going through that, you know, caused you to say those things. And then now everything's fine. We can go back to normal or you'll eventually go back to the way you were. So you have to be firm. You have to set your expectations and be concise because the more concise you are, the less room there is for them to redefine what it is that you're saying or to misunderstand what it is that you're saying. If you take too long to get to the point, they're not going to understand. And that's my second tip for you is when setting boundaries, be clear, but also be kind. And I get this from Brene Brown. And no, I don't say that because her names are so similar, but <laughs> secretly I do kind of love that. Whenever you are being clear, as we talked about, be concise, set expectations, be clear while you're doing this. But that does not mean that you can't come at it with a sense of compassion and that you can't come at it from a place of kindness. And so you can do this by saying, first of all, let me acknowledge how we've done things in the past and I know you are coming from a place of love. So let's take the example of Evan and his job with my dad and how my dad always wanted to make comments about Evan's career and what it is that he's doing, what he should be doing. I wanted to be clear and concise and set expectations, but I wanted to be kind. So I started with acknowledging his love for me. I said, hey, I know you genuinely care about me. And I know that you just want me to have a spouse that you feel is equally contributing to my relationship financially. And you care about this because you want to make sure that I'm always stable and that I'll always be okay when you're not around. And for you, Evan not having a consistent job because he is in the arts is scary for you because that's something unfamiliar. And that's something that you don't have a lot of experience with. So I understand why you're worried about the career path that he's taken. At the same time, ensuring my financial stability with my husband is not your prerogative. And when you suggest career paths for him to take, it makes us feel as though you don't have faith in what he is doing. You do not respect our choices. And it feels like you're questioning our sense of value and our sense of worth. And so giving all that context saying, I love you. I know that you're coming from a place of love. I understand that this is where you're coming from. But here's how it makes us feel, right? Because someone can't negate how you feel as a result of something. And with that, the next tip I have for you is repetition. 
My dad is one of those people where I can tell him one, two, three, four, five freaking times and he's still going to forget and he's still going to say something. So going back to what I was talking about earlier, making sure that you repeat yourself, you hold that boundary and you reiterate it as many times as you need to to get the fucking point through whoever's head. And it is going to take numerous times. You can't just expect to say it one time and everyone immediately gets the message. I remember when I first started talking about setting boundaries with my family, I literally asked my therapist, I was like, okay, great. Can I just write all my boundaries down in a bullet format and send it out to the family group text and just be done with it? (laughs) She was like, wow, way to have your type A personality coming in here just trying to like create a checklist and, and knock it off. No, you can't do that. It is much more natural and the people on the other side of the table from you will be more receptive if this comes up a little more naturally from my perspective. I'm sure there are people out there that disagree with me on this, but instead of randomly texting my dad in the middle of the day and just being like, I just want to let you know that you should no longer give us advice on Evan's career, he's immediately going to get defensive because he's going to be like, where is this coming from? What the hell? Like, I haven't said anything to you. What's going on? Because he's not going to remember that time he said something about Evan getting a job at Home Depot or whatever. And so my opinion is that you address these things as soon as they come up in in real time, in real conversation. So the first time my dad said something along those lines again, I stated my boundary. And of course, I did all the other things, too, that we talked about. You know, I was clear. I was kind. I acknowledged where he was coming from, that it was from a place of love. And then I also indicated how it made me feel. And then I again, I reiterated that boundary. And I am still doing this. My dad, I mean, it's just habitual, right? It's how his parents raised him. It's how he's always interacted with his kids. And it's frankly how he still reacts with both my brothers and their wives. And so it's going to take him a long time to break out of that habit himself. And so I have to make sure that I hold my boundary and I stick to my boundary and I continue to reiterate it so that he has an opportunity to learn as well. And my dad's one of those people that doesn't like to be wrong. So you can imagine how fun this conversation is. But I hope that you get you gain some courage from that and you realize that, yes, it's going to suck for a little while. Embrace the suck. That is where your biggest opportunity for growth comes from. And the holidays can be such a good fucking time to deal with these things. Because I know so many people that dread the holidays, dread the family conversations. Figure out why the hell that is and start addressing what you need to change in order to be able to enjoy yourself. Because manifestation is your whole fucking life. And if every holiday season or every family get-together, birthday, whatever it is that is coming up, you start stressing out about seeing your family, that's a huge problem. Unless you decide to cut your family out completely, which for the most part, I would say most people don't want to do that. Unless that's the the case for you, then that means that this is going to be a, a recurring negative thing that keeps coming up. And so you need to address it. And I hope this is giving you the courage to do so. So the next tip I have for you is know your limits and where you draw the line on things because that's critical. And I just mentioned it briefly a second ago. I said, you know, figure out the things in conversations that really bring you a lot of stress. What are those things that you really hate to talk about or that come up so frequently with your family and that really causes a lot of anxiety for you? Most recently for me, this has honestly been politics. I just have to get very clear on what I will talk about, what I won't talk about, the manner in which I'll talk about something. So as an example, I am more than happy to talk about politics because my family and I disagree on a lot and we aren't aligned politically. And so I have no issues talking about politics so long as, and here's where my boundary comes in, 
we remain respectful of the people at the table, and I will not debate any humanitarian issues. And so for me, that's topics like Black Lives Matter and marriage equality and gender equality and all those other issues that I personally will not debate those things. And so my limit is we can be respectful and we can talk about politics, but I will not engage in discussions or arguments or debates about human rights. I will not go into explaining why Black Lives Matter. I will not go into explaining why people deserve equality in marriage or why people should be allowed to be reunited with their parents. Those are topics that with my family, I will not engage in. Because I will not sit there and tell you why people should have equal rights. I won't. That is not a topic up for debate. That is an ethical stance, a value, or and just something that I will not entertain as a difference of opinion. That's a huge ethical issue for me. And we can talk about how to be advocates, better supporters, the, the history of oppressed people, but we cannot, and I will not, debate whether or not someone else deserves the same rights as someone else of a different color or religion or gender or sexual orientation, whatever. These rights are unalienable, and I won't engage in a conversation where we question them or suggest that the struggles do not exist. That's not political. That's a human rights issue. And so that's a limit for me. And that's not to say, by the way, that I'm not here to educate. I'm more than happy to have the conversation about, let's talk about anti-racism. Let's talk about how our family has struggled with this in the past. Let's talk about, you know, how we can be better advocates, how we can be more supportive. And so that is a limit. And that is where I draw the line. And so other examples of limits, by the way, especially for women, is maybe you always get that question about who you're dating or when you plan to have kids or anything related to your body or your personal relationships. You have the right to say, I will not talk about my reproductive plans or I will not I will not engage in conversations about my personal relationships until I'm ready to do so or whatever that looks like for you. You have the right to draw that line and to tell them that is not something I'm going to talk about. And if they keep asking questions, just keep reiterating your boundary. That is not something I'm going to talk about. That is not something I'm going to talk about. That is not something I'm going to talk about. At some point, they're going to feel really freaking awkward for keep asking you questions and it'll become apparent to them how often they're asking you these things. And with that, my very last tip for you is release any guilt you have about setting boundaries. A lot of times we start to feel guilt because you feel like you're doing something wrong. And this happens a lot in families that never had boundaries before because you're the first person breaking from the mold and trying to put them in place. As I mentioned earlier, change is immediately going to cause a negative reaction from most people. Most people fear any kind of change. doesn't matter if it's positive change. It's still change and their reaction is probably going to be negative at first. But again, you're not responsible for their reactions. You're only responsible for your own. And so you can always meet them with compassion anytime they get upset. If I could go back in the past and relive last Thanksgiving, whenever my mom exploded and made a really nasty comment, I should not have reacted in the way that I did, which was I got defensive and I immediately met her at her energetic level and I engaged. And I'm not proud of it, but that is what I did. Instead, what I'd like to do moving forward, right? Because I want to give that past self grace. And I want to say, 
I did the best I could with the tools that I had, and I have come so far from that. And I have learned so many lessons about setting boundaries and and engaging your own reactions when doing so. And so I know that I had to have that experience in order for me to sit back and really reflect on why I responded that way and what work I needed to do internally to address that. Had that situation happened and had I not been so embarrassed about how I reacted, then I wouldn't have had the catalyst to step back and say, whoa, where am I not being my best self? Because you need those you need those things in your life. We're not hu- we're not perfect human beings. And so we need to mess up. We need to make our own mistakes so we can identify our areas and opportunities for growth. And so I took that opportunity last Thanksgiving. I've worked on it all year. I've decided to release my guilt about setting these boundaries. And I no longer want to be that people pleaser. And as a result, it's allowed me to feel so much more empowered and so much more relaxed and calm about doing this. And so now I have no doubt in my mind that if that rea- if that same experience or if that same scenario were to happen again this, this upcoming year, this upcoming Thanksgiving, I know that I'll be able to come from a place of compassion and calmness. And when someone else explodes to me and maybe says a really nasty comment, I know that I'll be able to sit back, take a deep breath and say, I hear your pain. I understand that this is scary for you and just hold space for them. And that's something I not I would have never thought to do 12 months ago. I would have thought, how do I need to fix this? How can I just step into the role and, and coach her so that she no longer has these issues? And here's the thing, y'all. You can't change people. You can't change your family. You can hope that they get coaching. You can hope that they get therapy and all these things. But at the end of the day, you can't force them there. You can't force them to agree to it. And for our own sanity, we just need to learn how to hold space for them and hold compassion for them. And so with that, a huge part of it is releasing your own guilt. Because as soon as you can release the guilt for setting these boundaries and for holding firm in what it is that you want out of your relationships, the sooner you'll be able to find that place of calmness and compassion and hold it for that other person when they're having a negative reaction to your boundary setting. And that is such an empowering fucking place to be. And as an added bonus, not giving an equally dramatic reaction back to whoever exploded and instead calmly holding space tends to disarm that aggressor and it doesn't feed their fire. It doesn't fuel them to keep going. And so in most cases, this will cause them to come down and either meet you at your level of calmness Or they'll just look like a fucking jackass, and then the conversation's over anyway. Either way, they tend to stop engaging, and it's a win-win situation. But make sure you can be in a place where you're not holding on to any of the negativity from the interaction. And so for me, I do need to do something for myself before I engage with my family. I either need to meditate, or I need to rage journal, or I need to do yoga. I need to do something that centers and calms me. So that way I can easily get back to that place if things start bubbling up in me. Because we're human, we can't help it, we can't help but have these negative reactions at times. And so when I'm setting boundaries, I'm already understanding that these things are difficult for other people. At first, they're going to have a reaction. And I just need to know, how do I respond to that reaction? What are the 10, 20 different ways they might respond? And then how would I respond to each one of those reactions with the place of, coming from a place of compassion and love? And that amount of preparedness and that amount of mental fucking clarity will help move mountains for you when it comes to setting your boundaries. 
And yeah, it's going to suck for a little while, but think about where you're going to be 10 years from now. When you have gone through this process and you've set your boundaries and you've asserted where you want to be with your family, imagine being able to mend relationships with family members because they understand what it was that, that tore you apart initially or what comments that were made that tore you apart initially. So release guilt because you're not doing something wrong. In fact, you might be doing the only thing that'll save your relationship in the long run. So think of it from that perspective, even if the other person across from you can't. Eventually they'll get there, but you need to be the one that shows the way and you need to be the one that holds firm. And I know I didn't number these tips because honestly, they were just kind of, some were coming to mind as I was talking and I just threw them back in. So let me just quickly go back over what we talked about with setting the boundaries. The first one was set the boundary using expectations and be concise. The second one is be clear and be kind. The third one is acknowledge the other person is coming from a place of love. The fourth one is use repetition instead of argument. Instead of engaging in that reaction, just continue to repeat your boundary. The fifth one is know your limits and where you draw your line. And the sixth one is release the guilt. Their reaction is their own, and your reaction is your own. So that's all I have for you guys today. I hope this has given at least a few of you some tips and some ideas for going into the holidays. If you haven't had any conversations with families just yet about what your plans are, go ahead and have those conversations now. If you're worried about your mom or your dad or whoever yelling about how you're not going to be spending enough time with them or that you're not going to be staying with them or whatever the case is, get out in front of it and let them know now, this is my plan, this is my expectation, and start setting those boundaries. If you have any anxiety about this or if you're wondering what your boundary should look like, feel free to send me a message on Instagram. I will try to work with you to help you figure out something with your parents or your loved ones or whoever it is that you're visiting that you need to set boundaries with. Send me a message on Instagram at Modern Manifestation and let's talk about it. I appreciate you guys so much again for tuning in. And as always, if you would be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe and share this episode with anyone who might need this message. Have a fantastic rest of the week, and I will check back in with you guys next Monday. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation, or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.